desperately looked around the bedroom for the last time to make certain that the present room, grown dear over the past thirty years, was neat and tidy. She opened the drawer of the bedside table and carefully removed the gun. It was shiny black and terrifyingly cold. She placed it next to the telephone and dialed the doctor's number in Philadelphia. She listened to the echo of the distant ringing, and then there was a soft "Hello, Tracy. I just feel like hearing the sound of your voice, darling. What a nice surprise, Mother. I hope I didn't wake you up. No, I was ready, just getting ready to go to sleep. Charlie's and I were going out for dinner, but the weather's too nasty. It's snowing hard here. What are you doing there? Dear God, we are talking about the weather. Charlie's reddening thought. When there's so much I want to tell her, and can't. Mother, are you there? Charlie's reddening stared out the window. It's raining. And she thought, how melodramatically appropriate, like an Alfred Hitchcock movie. What's that noise? Tracy asked. Thunder, too deeply wrapped in her thoughts, Joris had not been aware of it. New Orleans was having a storm. Continue read. The weatherman has said, sixty-six degrees in New Orleans. By evening, the rain will be turning to thunder showers. Be sure to carry your umbrellas. She would not need an umbrella. Does thunder, Tracy? She folds a knot of cheerfulness into her voice. Tell me what's happening in Philadelphia. I feel like a princess in a fairy tale, Mother. Tracy said. I never believed anyone could be so happy. Tomorrow night, I'm meeting Charlie's parents. She deepened her voice, a thought making a pronouncement. The Stanhope of Chestnut Hill, she sighed. There's institution. I have butterflies the size of dinosaurs. Don't worry, they will love you, darling. Charlie said it doesn't matter. He loved me, and adore him. I can't wait for you to meet him. He's fantastic. I'm sure he is. She would never meet Charlie. She would never hold a grandchild in her lap. No, I must not think about that. Does he know how lucky he is to having you, baby? I kept telling him. Tracy laughed. I'm not about me. Tell me what's going on there. How are you feeling? You are in perfect health, Charles. Where Doctor Rush was, you will live to be a hundred. One of literal ironies. I feel wonderful talking to you. Got a boyfriend yet? Tracy teased. Since Tracy's father had died five years earlier, Charles Whitney had not even considered going out with another man, despite Tracy's encouragement. No boyfriends. She changed the subject. How is your job? Still enjoying it? I love it. Tracy doesn't mind if I keep working after we are married. That's wonderful, baby. He sounds like a very understanding man. Here's you will see for yourself. There was a loud clap of thunder.
behind an off-stitched queue. It's what time. There was nothing more to say except a final farewell. Goodbye, my darling. She kept her voice carefully steady. I'll see you at the wedding, mother. I'll call you as soon as Charlie's and I said they did. Yes, there was one final thing to say. After all, I love you very, very much, Tracy. And Joyce Whitney carefully replaced the receiver. She picked up the phone. There was only one way to do it. Quickly, she raised the gun to her temple and squeezed the trigger.